0: Welcome back to Get Up, coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Gray Goose. Another fun hour for you, coming right up, starting with our comeback of the night in the NBA. The Red Hot Sixers taking on John ja Morant and the Grizzlies. Second quarter. 76ers not starting out so hot, they're down by 15. James Harden leaves it for Embiid. Embiid is stuffed at the rim by Jaron Jackson, Jr. David Roddy slams it home on the other end. Take another look at the block. Jackson, a clean rejection on Joel Embiid. Grizzlies feeling it early. Fourth quarter now, Sixers down by eight. Here's Harden trying to get him back into it. He's gonna drive, he's gonna hit this floater. Sixers on the comeback trail. Minute 28 to go now in the fourth. Sixers down by four. Harden in the corner, he's gonna hit that step back three. A thing of beauty, Sixers fans enjoying it. Ensuing possession for the Grizzlies, their lead now down to one. Morant driving the lane, Embiid's gonna they can block the shot. Look at this one, Embiid comes flying in on Morant to block the shot, Sixers get the stop they need. Under a minute to play, they're down by two. Tobias Harris with the corner three with the shot clock winding down. Harris is fired up, Sixers are up by a point. Ensuing Grizzlies possession, still down one. Morant, Can't get the floater to go. Harden comes up with a long rebound. Embiid gets it, finishes with the dunk. Sixers feel it now. They take a three-point lead. Grizzlies still have a chance. 23 seconds to go, down by three. Desmond Bain. a good look from three, but he misses. He's gonna get it back. He's gonna miss again. Sixers get the rebound. Well, there's one more three. Then the Sixers get the rebound, I promise you. That pretty much ends the game. All the Sixers need to do is inbound the ball, but Grizzlies are looking to force a jump ball, and things get a little chippy. George Niang rips the ball away, and Bede comes in to join the fray. After, eventually, things got settled down. The game would end. The Sixers won at 110-105. Harden had 31-7-7, and and Bede had 27-19. and you take a closer look at what happened here at the end of that game. Grizzlies led by four with a minute and 30 seconds left. And the Sixers went on a 10-1 run to end the game. During that stretch, Memphis was 0-4-6. We have Tim Legler with us to break this all down. Legs, what did you think of that 76ers comeback win? What was your big takeaway?
1: Uh, maybe their best win of the year because they dug deep late and they did it against a really good team. And Philadelphia did it in a way offensively I think it's going to pay them big dividends in the playoffs where Joel Embiid doesn't have to be the guy to make the call late in the game. You could go other places and Tobias Harris came up in a big way from the right corner at a couple of threes. James Harden had a couple of big buckets down the stretch and Embiid overall had a great stat line but he'll admit it wasn't necessarily his best night offensively and yet they still won the game. So when you have a team like Memphis and they've gotten you down double digits late, with their guard play, typically that's going to be a done deal. Um, But Philadelphia did it with their defense first, incredible rim protection on the part of Embiid. They contested everything on the perimeter to fight back to give themselves a chance. And then you had other guys settle the score at the other end of the floor. And that, to me... Really, is going to spell the difference for the Sixers in the postseason. It can't be Embiid, possession after possession, late in games, because he's a seven-footer, and you can take the ball out of his hands if you want to defensively, so it's got to come from somewhere else in the pressure moments, and he got that help last night that he needed. You mentioned the postseason. I think that's where we're looking
0: right now, right? March is next week, so we're getting to the point where this is that time of year. The Celtics and the Bucks at the top of the East. Can the Sixers be a problem for either or both of those teams?
1: No doubt that would be an incredible second-round series. I mean, Philadelphia can go toe-to-toe with either of those teams in a series. Milwaukee-Boston seem like they're on a collision course for the conference finals, but the one team that could disrupt that is Philadelphia. And it's going to come down to the things I just said. You know, not letting it depend solely on a Joel Embiid or a James Harden in those moments. Can you get supplemental offense from a Maxi, from a Tobias Harris in big moments? And then – For me, it's always going to really lay at the feet of James Harden because he's got the ball so much, and he has had struggles in the postseason in big spots in those series-defining type games where he has not played well offensively or has not really looked aggressive offensively. Hard to overcome that if James Harden plays that way. But they've got the talent to get to the finals. They've just got to handle those pressure moments when they get there against either Milwaukee or Boston.
0: All right, more from the NBA and more from Tim Legler later in the show. But we're going to go now to the NFL where Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat. Yes, look at this. Here's Aaron coming out of the darkness. Uh, He will now decide on his future ahead of next season. And yesterday on our show, Diana Rossini laid out the timeline here in the short term for Rodgers. I was told that a meeting is supposed to happen with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers says, yes, I want to be traded, then the Packers will then allow Aaron Rodgers to talk to the teams that he perhaps is interested in or the teams that are interested in trading for him. So this all comes down to what Aaron
2: Rodgers wants to do, which will then be the domino for the rest of the quarterbacks that are on the street.
0: Kimberly Martin, as I understand it, spent the morning sitting in total darkness so she could answer this question with perfect clarity. What should Aaron Rodgers be doing next?
3: Aaron, just let us know what the heck you want to do. Honestly, I want to go into my own dark hole and just someone tap me on the shoulder with this man decides. Because I think we it, it, what is so funny to me in all this is that once again, we are all waiting on Aaron Rodgers. Like, despite what is said, despite the speculation, whatever is reported, the reality is we are all waiting on Aaron Rodgers to make a decision. The Packers, the Jets, any other team. And that's the gag in all this. It really is Aaron's world. Like, that's what is so funny. And I think if you were the Packers, the fact that the Packers are waiting for Aaron to sort of sit down and he's going to tell them what to do. What, what is happening like I, that's why I think this man ultimately ends up in Green Bay because if you are done if you are done with someone you say you know what I appreciate you but our time is over. You wouldn't be waiting to hear what Guys. the guy you don't really want to be with thinks about you. You would just say like, "Here's your luggage, okay?" and and you know, best of luck to you. Instead, they are waiting for Aaron Rodgers to tell tell them what he wants to do.
0: That's the world they've created for themselves the last couple off seasons by giving into him, right, RC? Yeah, like, but but that that's also my point. I get that.
4: We begin to get frustrated with Aaron Rodgers because we have to talk about it every year, much like it was with Brett Favre or even Tom Brady offseason after offseason the last couple of years. But let's be honest, these dudes earn that. We don't come on, get up and talk about Aaron Rodgers going, sit in the dark or eating shrooms because he sucks at football. (laughs) We talk about it because he's really dang good. We talk about it because he's a year removed from being, back-to-back MVP in the league that has Patrick Mahomes in it. Aaron Rodgers is a freaking dog when he wants to go out there and play football. And so, if you're the New York Jets and you have the Rookie of the Year on defense and offense, you have Brees Hall who will be coming off of an injury, you have a defense that's championship caliber, and you could get Aaron Rodgers, you gonna wait. And if you're the Green Bay Packers, as much as you might love Jordan Love, and as much as people on the offensive line may say they want Aaron Rodgers to—I mean, Jordan Love to be the quarterback—and Devontae Adams had to leave because Aaron Rodgers didn't know if he was playing or he was not playing. You know that if Aaron Rodgers is right, you're a better football team with him. So that's why we're talking about him and that's why they're waiting Kim. Kimberly, it's easier to leave a dude who ain't got no house, a dude who ain't got no job. But if he got 20 but if he got 20,000 square feet and 20 acres and you ain't had to work in a decade, it's hard to leave him. You gonna
3: give him some chances. That's what they go in. <laughs> I, I, get, it. I get it. I get it. I get it.
0: No, you're, you don't have to apologize. You made a good point. Tim, that, that, so like if you're the Jets, right? You have Derek Carr in last week. You like Derek Carr. Like is, is Aaron Ro- is it important for the Jets to know what Aaron Rodgers wants to do before making decisions on other possible options?
5: It is. First off, let me say like I've known RC a long time. <laughs> I think a lot of people go seek relationship advice from RC. That's why just, he just he gave it to you right there. That's what he, he tells you. He, he tells you, the truth. look, yes, they yes they should wait, and like and especially if they have any inkling at all that that Aaron Rodgers would want to play with them, if they have any inkling at all that the Packers are willing to deal him then they absolutely should wait aaron Rodgers. i think it's undisputable that aaron Rodgers is one of the five best quarterbacks currently in the nfl so if you have and and you know maybe top three you know maybe top two so if you have a chance to get him and you like everything else about your football team then you go after that you do everything you can to try to make that work so Look, that's why everybody's waiting. That's why the Packers are going to wait and ask him Mm -hmm. what he wants to do. If he wants to stay in Green Bay, he'll be their quarterback. If he's like, yeah, I would play for the Jets, then the Jets probably going to do everything they can to make him their quarterback. Mm -hmm. If the Raiders can get their hands on him and he's willing to play there, they should do everything they can to make him their quarterback. And so that's why we're waiting on him, because people want him. Mm -hmm. Kimberly, you've covered the
0: Jets, you've covered sports in this market, (laughs) knowing what you know about Rodgers, the Jets, everything about this situation, should the Jets be thinking this way?
3: The Jets literally should have found the location of this retreat and just been sitting there (laughs) waiting outside the door with flashlights. Like, they should have been waiting. Because it makes 100% sense for them to go all in, chips all in, and say, this is the guy we want. Because I don't care if the Jets told Derek Carr that he could be a Hall of Famer in New York. Here's what I see. Derek Carr is not signed to the New York Jets yet. It is clear that Aaron Rodgers is their top choice, and for good reason. I understand why the Packers are waiting for Aaron Rodgers, because he's that good. But in New York, even if you don't get him, if you're GM Joe Douglas, you have to show that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to bring a title here to New York. Since the 60s, like this fan base, I feel so bad for Jets fans. They deserve nice things. And especially after they went out and, and drafted Zach Wilson at number two, they, they didn't, that didn't materialize in anything. Mike White was the savior in that locker room until he had those broken ribs. So you have to go out and get Aaron Rodgers because, as Woody Johnson said, we have a championship hey defense. So it makes sense.
0: RC, put a ball on this for us, will you?
4: Guys. I, I work. I work with Greeny. He's a Jets fan. That's Jets true. fans have really, really nice things. So that's the first part. <laughs> and, and, and secondly, guys, is and this. One, that one if Jets fan. We're talking about. Yes. If we're, talking about, if we're talking about Joe Douglas, l- when you say he has to show that he's willing to do anything to bring this team a championship, look how dude has drafted. Look mm-hmm. at the Quinnen Williams. Look at the the, 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 the Sauce Gardeners, the, the Garrett Wilsons. He's building a team. And so this move has to be strategic. It has to be smart because you've done everything else you need to do. Now it's time to get your quarterback. To,
3: to be To be fair, he has been here a long time. They just had the best Jets draft of all time, so I give him credit for that. But when you are the GM of a team who had a chance to draft Trevor Lawrence and ended up with Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson was the guy that you were like sold on that it, he was going to be the second coming of Joe Namath. This guy is it. This is the leader of this team, and he turns out to be what he is—a guy that wasn't ready for that moment. As the GM, yes, Sauce Gardner, amazing. He Garrett Wilson, amazing. But you need a leader and a quarterback to get you over the hump. And not just a Derek Carr. You need an Aaron Rodgers to get you to a Super Bowl.
0: I think that's the thing, right? They they, they might believe Derek Carr can become a Hall of Famer if he yes. plays for them. Aaron Rodgers already is yes. a Hall of Famer. When we come back on Get Up, do the yeah, Bears oh yeah. face a quarterback dilemma? Or do they have an opportunity when it comes to Justin Fields? Why the decision on their quarterback could impact the team for years? And... We're in the speculation phase of the NFL calendar, so we're going to do some speculating. What happens if the Ravens make a decision on Lamar Jackson next week that he doesn't like? We'll tell you.
6: Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash today. That's Macy's.com slash Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot.
0: Back on Get Up, time to play Fact or Fiction. Ryan Clark, the 49ers quarterback for next season, is not currently on their roster. Is that Fact or Fiction? That is fiction.
4: The 49ers are stuck with two very young quarterbacks. One quarterback that you gave up a ton of draft capital, to get in Trey Lance, and also Brock Purdy, who showed you that he could be a starting quarterback in this league and win you football games enough to get you in the NFC Championship. Their quarterback is one of those two players, and they'll compete to see who the guy is.
0: Tim Hasselbeck, the Cowboys should draft a quarterback in this upcoming draft. Fact or
5: fiction? I'll say fact here, but I don't think it's they're drafting one high. I, look, you draft a quarterback and develop them. We just, you know, RC just talked about Brock Purdy being able to be a starter and win games to get you to the NFC Championship game. He was taken at the end of the draft. I think you draft somebody, but I also said it last hour. I think you extend Dak Prescott. He's the starter right now and of the future, and that doesn't mean you can't draft a quarterback as well, just not early. Kimberly Martin, the Bears,
0: who have the number one pick in the draft, mm-hmm. should use it on Bryce Young. Fact or fiction? Oh,
3: fiction, Dan. What did Tim just say? Draft a quarterback and develop him. You gave Justin Fields, Matt Nagy, and Ryan Pace, and then you gave him another head coach. Why not use that number one pick, accumulate some more picks, and build around the quarterback? We've seen just this season what happens when you give a QB some weapons.
0: So, the, a lot of this started, I believe, in this studio. listen. With what, Mike Tannenbaum? Mike right, right. Tannenbaum, Tannenbaum brought this up. Um, like once yes. the Bears had the pick, he's like, you know what? They should they should trade he, Justin Fields. He
3: likes chaos. That is Mike Tanibom. He just wants to watch the world bird. And so <laughs> that is what happened.
0: And that, that, fair enough. But however, like it, it's a it's not the craziest take no. he's ever right. Like get like the idea of if you think Young is the better player and you can restart the clock on the contract, but if if it
3: it's that front uh, office. Logic.
0: I'm not defending him. Yeah, I'm I saying know. this is. The, the, but like uh, Tim, do you see any logic in this idea at all? The idea of, of of trading Justin Fields and resetting with Bryce Young, if you're the Bears.
5: Look, look, here's the thing. There is logic to it. It's it's really basically what the Jets tried to do with Sam Darnold and Zach Mm. Wilson. They just wanted to reset the clock on, uh, you know, a rookie quarterback deal. So I understand what Mike Tannenbaum was saying when he proposed it. And look, if you think Bryce Young is actually better than Justin Fields, then sure, go ahead and do it. I just don't know why you would think that. I mean, Justin Fields, I believe, has shown enough promise at the NFL level to want to build around him. He's physically more talented. Uh, Like There's enough there for me to say, I actually think Fields is the better prospect still, and I think if you build around him, you probably have a better path to success. RC, sounds like you agree.
0: Guys, Guys, this is about birds and bushes, right? A bird in the hand,
4: man, is better than two in the bush. You're not asking the question, is Bryce Young a better quarterback prospect coming out of Alabama than Justin Fields was leaving Ohio State. What you're asking is, is Justin Fields a franchise quarterback? Is Justin Fields a quarterback you can win around? Is the dude you already have in your building worth putting pieces around in order to work to win a championship? And I believe that Justin Fields has answered that question. Justin Fields has shown you with nothing around him, with nothing up front, with no one on the outside, he can produce offense, he can keep you in games, and now build around him with a ton of capital in the salary cap and also having a number one pick that you could trade and stockpile more picks. You're set up to build around a young quarterback, much as we saw the Philadelphia Eagles do with Jalen Hurts last year. So, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you take what's a known commodity in your building that you're comfortable with and build around it rather than going and get a guy in Bryce Young who you don't know as much about? Which is what I'm not sure where that right? music comes
0: from. Make the team better around... I don't know where the music comes from either. It just, it just appears in our ears. Uh, and we'll, we'll work on finding that out. Tim, what do, what do they need to do? What do they need to do to make uh, things better around Justin Fields?
5: Well, listen, I, I look at their receiving core. I mean, look, there's a reason they traded mm. for Chase Claypool late in the yes. year. I think they looked at you know, this upcoming draft, uh, the prospects that were coming out, and thought, listen, that's why we want to go get Chase Claypool right now. So they need better players around him on the offensive side of the ball. I think they just need better players in terms of talent on the the team, period. So, look, the better thing to do is accumulate good players everywhere, and part of that ends up being probably trading from your spot to accumulate more picks Mm -hmm. to to add talent to the roster.
0: That's the thing. Maybe they can get more for the one pick than they could even get for fields, we'll see what the Bears decide to do. They're in a good spot. Meanwhile, on planet Earth, if Justin Fields were to show up and find some other quarterback's car in his parking space, maybe he could call this guy to help him move it. Because look, this is this guy. This guy can they can lift up a car. What is that
3: a Honda Civic? W- whatever
0: it is, I mean, it's still a car. Like <laughs> I can't. It's a car is a car is a car. Okay, all
3: right. It's a so RC, hey. we, we wanted to know,
4: like, if low, anybody, you knew anybody who might be able to car. do this. What's that? Listen, th- that's that mama strength. When the baby's trapped under the car, yeah. you pick the car up. It's difficult for a man to get mama strength, so this is impressive.
0: Yeah, but that's that's not what's going on here. This is a guy showing off. Now how about this guy? This is a guy you know, Arce. This is James Harrison
1: oh. uh, doing a
0: little work. This looks like if, if you know a guy that could lift up a car, it might be this guy, am I right? <laughs>
4: Here's the thing with James guys James figured out a long time ago that he wasn't necessarily handsome So now he just posts all of his workouts because who's gonna tell him he's not handsome if he's this freaking strong Apparently you know the answer to that question when James
3: Harrison come i you, I'm, Don't ask for help don't ask for help I think that's it's
0: enough of okay, that see when we come car. back on get up Kevin Durant's <laughs> debut with the Suns should happen very soon Here's a hypothetical gets the last shot for Phoenix in a tight game? We will answer that question for you next. And we're also going to take a look at today's trivia question. This is sneaky Harrison. Harrison in for Hembo today. Tim Legler. LeBron James had his 37-game streak snapped last night of scoring at least 20 points. So now, who has the longest active streak of 20-plus point games in the NBA? Legs is going to think on that and answer when we come
6: back. for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals.
0: Back on Get Up with today's trivia question from Sneaky Harrison. This is for Tim Legler. Tim, with LeBron LeBron James having had his streak snapped, who has the longest active streak of games with 20 or more points in the NBA?
1: Man, this is tough. There are a number of great answers, I think, for this. I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. I'm going with Luka.
0: Yeah, well, that's not the right answer. The answer is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who has dropped – 20 or more oh, points in each of his last go. 21 games. Pretty good work by Sneaky Harrison. Look out, Hembo. Absolutely. Harrison's coming for you. Anyway, it's time Hembo. to run the floor with our NBA yeah, experts. Job. Joined by Brian Windhorse now and, of course, Tim Legler. Wendy, we want to start with you. Kyrie and Luca won together. Will this duo work out in Dallas?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. They are going to score, Graz. They had a 140-point game last night there's probably more 140 point games coming this regular season not sure about coming in the playoffs and that's really the key can this team defend enough my god can they score though the back and forth last night was incredibly impressive and they're just getting going Tim we talked earlier about the 76ers big comeback last night against Memphis what was
0: your takeaway from that
1: I just think that we forget sometimes that Philly's right there in the mix of Boston and Milwaukee. This might have been their best win of the season. Down double digits in the fourth quarter against a really good team on a night when Joel Embiid wasn't his best offensively and they still found a way to get stops and got a lot of help from Tobias Harris down the stretch. Great win for Philly. Wendy,
0: the Lakers dominated the Warriors last night. Are they back on track?
2: Well, back to what? Back to being in 12th place? No, I think the big thing here, LeBron had a poor game, and they were able to win. And that is not something that we could have said almost at all during this season for the Lakers. They've needed LeBron for everything. So this is a good indication that their depth has vastly improved with these trades.
0: Obviously, a a lot of changes in L.A., and it seems like early returns indicate uh, that they're for the better. Legs, what did you take away from that Lakers victory over uh, Golden State last night?
1: Uh, I don't think you can overstate the impact of Malik Beasley not only last night but going forward he was a perfect fit when they made the acquisition it, it made total sense to improve their spacing and flow and he made seven threes last night but he's a lot more than a three-point shooter he's a guy that you can run sets for to get his own offense and he also competes on the other end of the floor just it just you know one of those moves made at the trading deadline, that if you think it's, you're getting back a role player, but he can be a lot more than that on a lot of nights. And Wendy mentioned it. LeBron not only didn't play well, Anthony Davis only took five shots in this game. Uh, they got 68 points off their bench, plus what you got out of Malik Beasley as a starter. So for me, that's what the big takeaway was. Is this team going to fit better going forward with Beasley and D'Angelo Russell? I think the early signs are absolutely. Wendy, what does that tell you that they were able to win like that
0: without getting much from LeBron and AD?
2: Yeah, since I'm in Phoenix, I'll just tell you, LeBron feels like a desert flower, parched for spacing, like like a desert flower for water. How about that for an analogy? Look at the difference it makes when LeBron James has some spacing and shooting around him. This is the type of team, the type of, of situation, that LeBron thrives in, even when he doesn't play well. Malik Beasley stretches the floor and he provides a margin for error. And if it's not Beasley, it could be D'Angelo Russell, who last night had to leave the game with a sprained ankle. Getting other options to take the pressure off of LeBron and Anthony Davis changes the world for the Lakers. They're not a championship team, but this is a playoff style roster. And a playoff team wins games when their stars are not great, like, like, just like last night.
0: Playoff team, not a championship team. So, like, what's in between that, Brian? Like, can they can they make life difficult for some of the playoff teams in the West?
2: Yeah, I mean, the West is so wide open. I mean, even Golden State, they're 7-23 on the road. So this result wasn't really a surprise. But Golden State feels like they can win if they're healthy. The Lakers, if they're healthy feel like they've got a puncher's chance. But I would just say that this roster that they've got right now is a roster that is a top six roster, in my opinion, in the Western Conference. Whether there's enough time left for them to crawl into that for the postseason, that's what we're all going to be tuned into.
0: What do you think, Legs? What kind of team are the Lakers as presently constituted?
1: Yeah, I think they're dangerous. I I don't think they're a team that you'd want to see in the first round if you're Denver or Memphis. I mean, neither one of those the franchises have accomplished you know, what they've wanted to here recently by getting to a final, or in the case of Memphis, a conference final. So you have two teams with relative playoff inexperience or, or lack of success taking on a team like the Lakers. If, if they're healthy and they're able to escape the play-in, which I think they're ultimately destined for, if they get out of that, that means they've played well down the stretch and they won a couple of important pressure-packed games probably to get to that point And now, that's your reward if you're Denver for being the best team in the West all year to play the Lakers in the first round? That's scary, I think, for Memphis as well. There's a lot of teams coming there in the bottom half of the Western Conference playoffs that nobody's going to want to see that are different teams. Phoenix, Dallas, the Clippers added guys at the break, and Kawhi Leonard's healthy now, and then the Lakers. So you've got a lot of teams coming for those top-seeded teams in the first round of the playoffs. It's going to be fascinating. I don't think they can get to a final or make a run through the West, and I wouldn't pick them to beat Denver but I think they could give Denver a long series
0: you know you mentioned Phoenix among the, those teams I wanted to talk about the Suns and switch gears uh, to them as well newly acquired superstar Kevin Durant has begun scrimmaging with the team uh, and Devin Booker his new teammate uh, has had some high praise for what he's seen in those scrimmages take a
1: listen
6: it's a problem
1: like I said, just less attention on each one of us. It makes it a lot easier. A lot of teams
5: have one good defender, two good defenders, and you know now you're gonna have to try to find you know, put them who you're gonna put them on.
0: Legs it all sounds and looks good. How long do you think it'll take for the Phoenix Suns to, to gel and come together?
1: It'll be pretty quick with Kevin Durant. He's just one of those guys that's not worried about people changing what they do to acquiesce to him. He's so efficient. He's going to step on the court day one when they start to play together, and he's going to get to his number, and he's going to do it in a highly efficient manner. So it's a luxury to add a guy like that uh, that you don't have to change a lot of what you're doing. It'll come together quickly, um, and I think this team, I was looking at first thinking they're not deep enough. But the more you look into it, they've got a Tory Craig and a Josh and Kogi to, to pick up some of that defensive slack you lose with Miles Bridges. I think that was really what I was concerned about. I think those guys can do the job there. So I think the depth is going to be there. But the starting five is going to be so good and so dynamic it's so fast. Right now, Denver would win a seven-game series against Phoenix. Let's see if you ask me that question in a month. I may have a different answer once Kevin Durant reminds people of what he's capable of and how quickly this comes together in Phoenix.
0: Wendy, you're with the Suns in Phoenix today. What can you tell us about Durant's fit with the team?
2: So yesterday, Graz, they had a two-hour practice, their longest practice since training camp. They brought in referees to referee the scrimmage to make it as game-like as possible. And they were trying to suppress smiles when we came in there because I think they thought it went so good. They wanted to keep expectations low but there you can feel an energy and a buzz around them. Devin Booker's arms were all cut up because the scrimmage was so intense that they were cutting each other. But he is really excited to play with Kevin Durant. And one thing I'm gonna point out, the offensive system that the Suns have in place is a system designed to take advantage of side pick and rolls and elbow action because that's what Chris Paul and Devin Booker do. Guess who's bread and butter play for, for a decade plus has been those types of plays. Kevin Durant they're not even going to have to alter their sets they're just going to stick him into plays he's been running his whole career and I think they're going to take off fast and Durant is specifically making sure he's in good physical condition I think he's not going to play until next Wednesday at Charlotte two times he has had mid-season MCL sprains he knows exactly how to come back from this injury two times he's come back spectacular I expect it to happen again
0: It all sounds extremely exciting. What both of you guys are talking about sounds extremely exciting, and obviously it looks like it's going to be great on paper. Are they – I mean, Wendy, should they be the favorites in the West if it all comes together the way we expect it to?
2: Look, Denver is and should be the favorites. I watched them last night just play spectacularly in Cleveland against a good team having a good night without one of their better players in Aaron Gordon. They are a well-oiled machine to beat Denver – Without home court advantage, where they are the number one team in the league, you're going to have to be buttoned down. But they are not a team that is menacing. They have weaknesses. And I think there's some teams in the West, particularly the Warriors and Suns, that if they hit their top gear, can beat them. And that's why the Western Conference playoffs are going to be fascinating.
0: Legs, you said, ask you again in a week or a month uh, about the Suns versus the Nuggets. So, but like, let's play it out. Like if it all comes together the way you're expecting, are the Suns going to go into the playoffs as the team that – You know, is title or bust? Would it be a disappointment if they don't win?
1: I think there's a good chance we're going to feel that way by the time we get there. You know, I said if they played Denver today in a playoff series, they would lose that series. The good news for Phoenix, they don't have to. They've got almost two months to come together and to find their ebb and flow offensively. I talk about that all the time, but it's so important when you add a guy like Kevin Durant uh, to a guy like Devin Booker, they've got to sort through that, and that might take a little bit of time. But once they hit their stride, I just don't know that there's an answer for everything that they can bring offensively. They've got a dominant big in the middle that basically finishes everything he touches in DeAndre Ayton. So you're going to have to pay attention to the paint on any sort of pick-and-roll action where you get double teams. And then the best part of their games, Kevin Durant's one of the best mid-range players in the history of this league. Guess what? Devin Booker is one of the best mid-range players of his generation, And that's important in the postseason because the three can abandon you some nights and it's not always easy to get to the line or get to the paint. But that mid-range area of the floor is always available to great scorers and those two guys do it as well as anybody in the league. And Chris Paul is a great mid-range player. And the best part of all this, Chris Paul can be preserved offensively and pick his spots when they need them. He doesn't have to carry the load and that will wear his body down like it has in the past. He can pick his spots when he needs to take over games that's the real blessing in this having a guy like chris paul be fresh when you need him most
0: exciting stuff in phoenix great stuff from legs and Wendy as the nba heads into the stretch and as that happens here's our nba friday double header coming off the all-star break the bucks host jimmy buckets in the heat at 7.30 Eastern, then the New Look Suns host Shea, Gildris Alexander, and the Thunder. Our coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. When we come back, the next week could be hugely consequential for Lamar Jackson and his time in Baltimore. We will tell you why a lot of teams around the league are watching very closely.
4: I think it being two African-American quarterbacks playing in a game for the first time ever, knowing all the things that you know African-American players at the position have had to overcome the biases and the doubts, the different things. This is a historical moment.
2: It's special, and as I've been in the NFL, I've been able to really learn more and more about the black quarterback. There's been a lot of great black quarterbacks throughout the entire NFL's lifespan, and they haven't got the same opportunities that I've been given now. If we can have me and another great, great quarterback like Jalen be in this game and show uh, that we can consistently be great uh, year in and year out, it'll just open the door for future generations behind us.
0: Coming up on NFL Free Agency, it is time to play a game of pay or nay. You'll figure it out. Tim Hasselbeck, should the Giants pay Daniel Jones a big new contract this offseason? Pay or nay?
5: Nay. I'm not committing a long-term, big-time contract to Daniel Jones. Everyone's excited about the growth they saw from him. Look, he was better. He threw 15 touchdowns. Like we're, we're I don't know what we're talking about in terms of... You know, paying him as a starter, uh, the way we've seen it from other guys, you can keep him, you can have him prove it another year. Maybe he ends up being more expensive, but it probably saves you from making a mistake. Uh, RC oh should the gosh. <laughs> RC like that <laughs> Should can't. the Cowboys hey. extend Dak hey. Prescott? Hey.
0: No, no. Yours is Dak Prescott. <laughs> Pay or nay. I don't even, I
4: don't care. What I care about <laughs> is Dan, you were so excited to ask the question. You were like, pay or nay? Yeah, <laughs> it's like goes, a game show. Nay. <laughs> Can anybody be less excited about paying a quarterback than Tim is? <laughs> about paying Dan <laughs> <your jokes? laughs> Bro, it was. it was like it paid Tim to even answer the question. He felt like this shouldn't have even been a second.
3: <laughs>
4: the show, Bro, <laughs> The entire don't hey. hey, hey,
3: hey. Ask RC, go to Kimberly, RC, please.
2: RC, <laughs> hey, RC, RC, <laughs> RC though. Hey. RC,
5: let me try it with you. Let me try with you, it with you, RC. Hey, RC, <laughs> Daniel Jones, pay That's or what? nay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Absolutely, nay. But at least I would have been more excited than you were.
3: <laughs> That's what happened to I- Paradise.
0: <laughs> Kimberly. <laughs> Says, you oh, know what hey. I think?
3: No, nay. No, hey, don't no, say no, Daniel Jones.
0: We're nay. moving on from Daniel oh, Jones. Sorry. Lamar okay. Jackson, pay or nay? Oh, oh my God. Don't worry about these guys.
3: Yeah, no. Uh, Tim will disagree with me. I'm glad he's not in the studio because we'd probably fight physically. Um, Yeah, oh. no, pay, pay Lamar Jackson. Listen, there's a reason that the Ravens decided to entrust the franchise to him. There's a reason they went up and drafted him. There's a reason that the Ravens' offense has been electric. There's a reason that the Ravens always have a chance with Lamar Jackson. And at some point, you're going to have to pay this guy. If they don't want to pay him, I think another team will. And I would not want to be the person that allows Lamar Jackson to leave.
0: All right, look, you guys have it together to, to talk Lamar Jackson. RC, what, what, are you, what are we doing? What should the Ravens the be thinking here?
4: Yeah. i I'm good man. You know what I I think when you look at at Lamar Jackson you're you're trying to figure out if there's a happy happy medium. I think that $133 million guaranteed isn't going to get it done, which is what's being rumored he was offered. But I also don't believe that the Baltimore Ravens or any teams going forward are going to be willing to give a quarterback, whether it be Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, the deal that Deshaun Watson got. And if you think that these owners don't get together and talk, Mm -hmm. if the GMs and the executives don't make a decision that they aren't going to give out guaranteed contracts in that way then you're absolutely out of your mind collusion is a part of running the NFL and so for Lamar Jackson he's going to have to get to a point where he understands this fully guaranteed contract he's looking for won't be a contract he gets in Baltimore And so now if another team is willing to give up the draft picks you'll have to give up in a uh in a franchise tag situation, then also negotiate a contract with him, then maybe that's something he's going to have to look to. But I can't see those teams being fully guaranteed either. So it's about understanding where you fit, what you've earned, and what's enough money, even if it's not the money that you were seeking in contract negotiations, which is usually where contracts fall, unless
0: you're Deshaun Watson. What do you think, Tim? If the demand from Lamar Jackson is, as we understand it, fully guaranteed contract – Pay or nay?
5: <laughs> if it's fully nay. guaranteed, nay. nay. Look, I, Lamar Jackson <laughs> needs to be paid as a... <laughs> listen, Lamar Jack, listen, this one's a little more exciting, RC. I think we can all agree on nay. that. The reality is Lamar Jackson's <laughs> a starting quarterback. If you go back to his 2019 season, it was absolutely remarkable. Like He, he is um, he's one of the more dynamic players in all of the NFL. I get all of that stuff. Right, Like, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, pay him as a starter, no doubt about it. I, like, but to me, to say, look, now starting quarterbacks, because of Watson's deal, their contracts on five-year deals are fully guaranteed, like, that's just not the case. And so if that's what he wants, I'm not doing that, Dan. And, and part of the reason I'm not doing that is the past two seasons, he hasn't been healthy enough to finish the season the past two years. And so Mm. what's he gonna look like five years from now when I am have I've already guaranteed him fifty million dollars plus for that season? I'm just I'm not doing that just because the Browns did something stupid. So I mean that's the thing, right?
3: Okay, so I completely (laughs) get the logic. I get the logic, but I am saying I'm standing I'm gonna die on this hill. For all the people who have to go through negotiations, and you, your your employer, your team will tell you, "We love what you do. We love your skill set. Oh, we could improve the roster, but we're not because you are just that explosive. You could do you could do it all." And then when you get hurt. It's like, well, I don't know if you're that durable. Like we're gonna have this whole offense catered uh, uh, to your skill set and then and then ding you for it later. Like that's the kind of stuff that I feel yeah, is disingenuous. Yeah. So I, so I don't wanna hear you RC. So no more for you. Me. Know, RC.
4: They 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 are real quick, they we gotta are get to break. owners and most of them billionaires, inherently disingenuous people. That's who they are. And that's the way negotiations work. That's the way negotiations even work at ESPN. That's the way the world works in negotiations. There are very few people like that are Patrick Mahomes who can walk into an office and say, I want this, and you get it done. With Lamar Jackson, they're going to use what they have to use in order to tell him, this is why we can't give you a fully guaranteed contract. And unfortunately, in the game, that injury is 100%. -hmm. They're going to use that against Lamar Jackson especially because of his style of play. That
0: was a good point. It was not real quick, as I requested, <laughs> but it was a, a good point. Uh, we are segment. at some point soon. We're going to be done with the said, show, and first take nay. is going to be on next. Whatever RC wants to do, he can go say it there. Because Joel Embiid did almost everything else in the Sixers' big comeback win last night. Should the Sixers center be the MVP frontrunner? Stephen A., Kendrick Perkins, Molly Caram will discuss on first take at the top of the hour when we're done here. And we're never doing pay or nay again. <laughs> Ever. It's over. Pay or nay. Nay on pay or nay. Nay. Didn't work.